Good evening, Westover. It is so glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Are you excited? My name is Pastor Jonathan. I'm the Family Life Pastor. And if this is your first time at Westover, we're so glad you're here. And whether you're home folk or you're joining us online, you grace us with your presence. Before I get into our message, I want to welcome our Westover students. Where are my Westover students at? Where are you at? We got two people over here. They're super excited. We are so glad that you all are here, and we pray that tonight's service will bless you. Tonight, we are wrapping up a series entitled Coming Soon. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been exploring how God has something that He wants to give us in 2018. There are things that God wants to entrust to us, and He wants us to be prepared for what is coming soon. Tonight, I want to share with you the idea of now showing. Now showing. Now, I have to admit that I love the movies. I love the anticipation. I love the excitement. I love going to the movie theater. I love getting a big bucket of popcorn and a slushie and a Coke and a hot dog and a second hot dog and... and a pretzel, and whatever else I could get my hands on. I really enjoy going to the movies. There's something about going to the movies that creates excitement within me. In fact, I found a quote from Martin Scorsese, who is a famed director, and this is what he said. It really captured my excitement about the movies. It says, movies touch our hearts and awaken our vision and change the way we see things. They take us to other places. They open doors and open minds. And I realized that the thing about movies is they have the capacity to change how we think and how we feel. In fact, we saw this played out in a very significant way this past weekend. We had the latest installment of the Star Wars series, The Last Jedi. And when the movie opened, or rather when the movie went on sale, people bought tickets ahead of time. I went on recently and tried to find tickets. I couldn't find any tickets because y'all had bought all the tickets. Um, I, for future reference, you can buy tickets for me. That's just something that you can do ahead of time, okay? So if you have an extra ticket, you can buy one for me. The, the point is this, is that people purchase tickets ahead of time. In fact, this movie, The Last Jedi, opened here in the United States to the tune of $200 million dollars and $450 million worldwide. What this tells me is that in the human heart, there is a yearning for something that will transform our experience. And what I realize is that God's word does exactly the same thing that Martin Scorsese said. And I want to switch some words here for you. So I want you to listen with me carefully. God's word touches our hearts and awakens our vision and changes the way we see things. It takes us to other places. It opens doors and opens minds. God desires for us to step into something new. There's something he is wanting to show us divinely, both now and in the future. The apostle Paul faced this challenge. He was writing to the Corinthian church. And just to give you an idea of what was happening in the Corinthian church, uh, we need to understand a little bit about the city of Corinth. The city of Corinth was a capital city of a province of Asia. 
It was very important to trade. It was very important to culture. It was a port city. People would come and go. It was the equivalent of a New York in our modern time. It was a metropolis. There was there were the arts, there were the sciences, there were a variety of things that people could take advantage of in the city of Corinth. But the one thing about Corinth that made it especially perilous to the Corinthian church is they had a variety of temples. They actually had a temple to the, to the goddess Artemis. And the goddess Artemis, her whole focus was pleasure. And so as the Apostle Paul is writing this, he's very aware of Greek culture. And he realized that in the city of Corinth, there are people who are yearning for experience that is transcendent. Something that's going to make a significant difference in their life. And he is writing to the Corinthian church because he realizes that they're having to struggle against the culture. Very much the same way you and I are struggling against the culture today. So the words back then apply very importantly to us today as well. So I want you to hear the words of the Apostle Paul to encourage the believers in the church of Corinth. And so I want you to go ahead and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 15 and 17. And then at the end of our time, we're going to look at chapter 6, the first two verses in chapter 6. The Apostle Paul is wanting to empower the believers of Corinth, to fight against the culture. This is what he says, and, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version because I love the way that version renders it. I'll also say this. If you happen to have your Westover app, I want to op- invite you to open up your app because in the app are some notes that you can follow along. Let's read together verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. I want to offer you tonight three insights that help us see what God is now showing us in today about how we can thrive in a very challenging culture. God wants to do something both now and in 2018. And I want to share these insights with you. Number one, our weakness, our willingness to grow overcomes our weaknesses. Our willingness to grow overcomes our weaknesses. Verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We are right on the edge of 2017, about to step into 2018. How many of you are excited about that? We are right on the edge of that. And one of the things that many of us do right at the beginning of the year is we make resolutions. How many of you made resolutions before? I think all of us, we've all made resolutions. But there is a tension between our resolutions and our reality. There's a difference between where we're at and where we want to be. And so I I picked up some resolutions that I want to share with you. Some of us have made resolutions to eat more healthy. But our reality is 
we open up the Whataburger app and we're one meal short from getting something free. And then some of us, we, we don't even aspire to eat healthy. We just want to stop eating donuts. But what ends up happening is we end up buying, our reality is we end up buying donut holes because they're holy, right? Some of us, we make decisions that we're going to, we make a resolution that we're going to exercise. But when morning comes, we say, ah, maybe tomorrow. And it's tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and today never comes. Some of us, we, we make a resolution to manage our time better. But we say, just, oh, just five more minutes on Facebook or Instagram or on a YouTube video. And what ends up happening is the person we want to be, we never become that. God wants to close the gap between who we are and who we want to be. And our willingness to grow allows us to overcome the weaknesses that we often experience as we're trying to close the gap between our resolutions and our reality. Someone once said, we become what we behold. And I want to ask you tonight, what's on your watch list? What's on your watch list? Which of these movies describe your experience? And if they do, I want to let you know that there's hope. Some of us, were in a lost in space experience. We're lost. We can't seem to get a hold of the life that we have in front of us. Some of us, our experience is like Jaws. We feel like the world is out to get us. Others of us, it's the matrix. And we wonder, is this all there is to life? For others of us, we experience vertigo and things are chaotic and frustrating and difficult. And for others of us, it's Groundhog Day. We get stuck in the monotony It's a different day, but the same thing happening over and over and over again. For some of us, the reality is, is we're stuck in the past. Past pain, past difficulty, past uh, decisions, things that that keep us stuck in the past. I want to challenge us tonight to not get stuck in the past, but to focus on the future. To focus on the future. The end of verse 17 says the following. The old is gone Behold, the new has come. The Apostle Paul is inviting us to behold the new and not get focused on the past. He wants us to behold the new thing that God has for us. But I think the thing that is most profound to me about this portion of the scripture is this, is that it doesn't say behold, the new is coming. It says behold, the new has come. What does that mean for you and I? It means that The new is here today for you. The good news is, is you don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till next week. You don't have to wait till after Christmas. You don't have to wait till after New Year's or into the new year or in January or February. The new thing that God has for you is here today and now. And that gives us a reason to celebrate. God wants to take you into new experiences. He wants to take you into new blessings. He wants to take you into a new season of fruitfulness. That's what he has for us. And our willingness to grow and say, God, I'm willing to step into that will make a big difference for us. So how do we do that? The beginning of verse 17 gives us a key insight. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. What the Bible is telling us, and I want to I change a word in the statement I mentioned just a while ago. We don't become what we behold. We become who we behold. We become who we behold. 
Now, some of us, our struggle is not with the what, it's with the who. We are caught in this comparison trap. We want what other people want. We want their success. We want their financial status. We want the things that they have. And we get stuck in this comparison trap. God wants us to see something different. And I'm, I'm working furiously and feverishly with my kids because they get stuck in the comparison trap with each other all the time. I mean, all the time, all the time. And this is what they said. Oh, it's not fair. He has this or, or she has that. And then what they'll do is they'll actually uh, bother each other. And my son will say, well, look what I have. And Alexis will be like, oh, why are you doing this to me? Or, or vice versa. And so they get stuck in this comparison trap. In fact, recently... Recently, a friend of my daughter, Alexis, she's six years old, she was gifted a necklace. And the necklace has a little heart. It's got a beautiful little chain. It's got glitter. It's got sparkles. Everything that a little girl would want in a necklace. And my son comes up to me and he says, Dad, it's just not fair. She has a necklace. And so I asked him, I said, Son, do you want a necklace? And he said, No, I don't want a necklace. But what I realized in that moment is that he got stuck in the comparison trap. He was comparing what she had and what he did not have. And I don't want us as believers to get stuck in the comparison trap. I don't want you to be like me. The world is not better if it has five Jonathan Mussets. God created you to do something special. And what I want to suggest to you is if we are in Christ, he makes us a new creation. When we, when we behold the Lord, he helps us become everything that he has in store for us. And I want to just invite you to behold him. Become fully what he wants you to become. The new is come today. You can become new today. Second insight I want to share with you is Jesus connects us to our purpose. Jesus, he connects us to our purpose. In verse 18 it says, All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. The word reconciliation, this word reconcile, it's a a big word that we don't use very often, but it, it basically means a fixing of a broken relationship. When sin entered the world, we broke relationship with Jesus. But Jesus came in human form to reconcile, to fix a broken relationship with us. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This word ministry, this word ministry is the making new process. It's salvation. It's becoming a part of the family of God. But it doesn't stop there. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. I'm so glad that he did not count the trespasses against me. I'm so glad that he saved me and that he said, I'm just going to lay aside the trespasses I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reconcile a relationship with you. And then he entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. God's purpose for us is twofold. To have the ministry of reconciliation and to have the message of reconciliation. The message of reconciliation is fixing broken relationships. He models for us about how to fix broken relationships. And he's challenging us to do the same. He fixed a relationship with us and he's inviting us to do the same. Could it be, could it be that God is challenging us to fix a broken relationship? Maybe with a parent, maybe with a cousin, maybe with a neighbor, maybe with an aunt or an uncle. 
We're stepping into the holiday season. And could it be that the Lord is challenging us as we step into the holiday season to fix some things? I, I believe that there are people in our experience, in our family, our extended network, who need to know about Jesus. But part of the reason why they struggle with a faith in Christ is because we have been unwilling to display the ministry of reconciliation or the message of reconciliation. Pastor Jim says this routinely. He says that the way we lead people to Christ is we do this. We warm them to us and then we win them to us. That's the message of reconciliation. And then we warm them to Christ and we win them to Christ. That's the ministry of reconciliation. The people that you are praying for, could it be that the catalyst to them coming to a saving knowledge of Christ is completely dependent on our willingness to reconcile with them? God wants us to fix broken relationships. Reconcile often means going the second mile. It's easy to go to the first mile, but to go the second mile, to go the next step with someone often means going the second mile. Some of us, we need to go the second mile with our sibling that we're disconnected from. Some of us, we need to go the second mile for our coworker. You know that difficult coworker that they're just frustrating and difficult to deal with? I wanna, I wanna invite you. Get them a cup, of co- a cup of coffee. Take them out to lunch. Give them a card saying thank you for the help that they provided on a recent project. That is the message and the ministry of reconciliation. Some of us, we need to go the second mile in our marriage. I have a friend of mine who, who works in ministry and his whole ministry is equipping, equipping families and empowering couples to win in their marriage. And part of the reason why he has this ministry of reconciliation that he provides to people is because of his own experience. For you see... When his parents had been married 15 years, his mom went to his dad and said, I'm done. I don't want to do this marriage anymore. I'm done. I'm dissatisfied. I'm frustrated. And she says, by the way, I've met someone new. And when the husband heard this, he was devastated. He was wounded in his heart. And so through through tears, he said to his wife, he said, is there anything I can do to compel you to stay? And she says, no, I'm going. And then he said something that reflected his willingness to go the second mile in his marriage. And this is what he said to her. He said, this is not what I want, but I can't keep you here. This is not what I want, and this is not what I think God has for our marriage, but if you wanna go, you can go. But the day you are done with that relationship, I will be right here. Fast forward one year later, he hears a knock at the door, and it's his wife. And through tears and through brokenness, she says, I'm done with that relationship, and I was scared to knock on the door. But I wanted to know I wanted to know if the promise you made still stands. Will you take me back? And he said, yes. And they embraced. They embraced. And they had a tough time working through the challenges, the brokenness and the wounds and the hurts. But God reconciled their marriage. 
Here's what happened. A couple years later, that couple got pregnant and had twins. And one of those twins is my friend. And because of one man, one man who was willing to, to model the ministry and the message of reconciliation, there are thousands and thousands of couples who have repaired marriages. One person was willing to say, I'm willing to reconcile. I'm willing to go the next mile. And most of you probably are not in that circumstance, but sometimes God is challenging us to display the ministry of reconciliation. And what I want to I invite you to do is to take that step. We will, we will not fully know or maybe we will realize in our lifetime what our willingness to do with regards to reconciliation, the fruitfulness that will come from that. There is fruitfulness that has come out of one man's willingness to reconcile and go the second mile. Now, if some of you are really struggling with this idea of reconciliation, I want you to know you can do one thing, and that's pray. That's pray. Because prayer connects us with God's heart. And that's how he can d- download to us his purpose because prayer connects us to God's purpose. And in the month of January, I want to invite you to come every Wednesday night if you can because we're going to focus on fasting and prayer. We have a series that's entitled Fast Forward. And the whole purpose of this is to equip you with how to pray meaningful prayers that will make a difference in your life. We're going to spend the first four weeks of On Wednesday night in January, focus on that. We want to equip you to pray effective prayers. We want you here. We want you to receive all that God has for you. I'll tell you, when we pray first, it makes everything better. Pray first, it'll make everything better. Now, I want to share with you the final point. Number three, the way we can see what God is now showing us is to respond to God's opportunity. In chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, it says the following, Working together with him, then we appeal to you to receive the grace of God, to not receive the grace of God in vain. What he's saying is, God has extended grace to you and I. Don't receive it in vain. Utilize it. Embrace it. For he says, and he's referring to Jesus, In a favorable time, I listened to you. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. This is what the Lord is saying. He listens to us and he's there to help us. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Some of us, we make plans just like resolutions. But sometimes we get hung up because we put a knot in front of our now. We put a knot in front of our now. We say, I'm going to finish my degree, but not now. I'm going to apply for a promotion, but not now. I'm going to work to connect with my spouse, but not now. And many of us as parents, we've said this, I'm going to spend time with my kids, but not now. I want to challenge us to realize that not now is the now that never comes. Not now is the now that never arrives. Don't be past due, too little, too late, a day late and a dollar short. Don't be a day late and a dollar short. Do it now. 
He promised to listen to us and give us a favorable time. I can just imagine in my, in my mind that what's on the marquee, the thing that is now showing in heaven is this movie title, Behold Now. Behold Now. Focus on now. Be present now. Be willing to invest in your marriage now. We're stepping into 2018 and the theme for our year is stronger families. And some of you, some of us, we have been praying for God to do a miracle in our marriage and a miracle in our family. And God is saying, take a hold of the now. Take a hold of the present moment that he's entrusted to us. There's something that he wants to do now. We don't have to wait. God wants to empower us to be the spiritual leaders of our home. Parents, that's our, that's our mandate from the Lord. God invites us to show up in our marriage. I want to speak briefly to the men in here. Men, let's step up and step out and step in in 2018. I want you to come to the men's conference. God wants to download something powerful in your experience. And if you happen to be a husband, God yearns for us to show up for our spouse And our kids need us. They need us to step in. They need us to shepherd them. They need us to impart to them. And dads, can I just appeal to you as a dad myself? Do it now. Behold the moment now. There's going to come a season when they grow older and we lose the opportunity. Seize the moment now. Ladies, God wants to do something miraculous in your experience. And if you're a wife... God yearns for you to show up in your marriage. And if you have children, God wants you to continue to nurture them. There's something now that God wants to do in our experience. I love the statement by Ronald Reagan. This is what he said. If not us, who? And if not now, when? Here's what the Lord is saying to you and I. And he's been challenging me on this all week. Us, you and I. This is our moment. This is our moment and we have to seize the moment now. And I want to speak to the parents right now. Parenting is tough. Parenting is difficult. And we're fighting an uphill battle with the culture. We have cultural influences on the TV. We have cultural influences Uh, around peers and friendships and our kids are getting fed stuff through the culture that doesn't advance them and doesn't advance the kingdom of God. They're living in a modern day Corinth, a very secular culture. And the Lord is saying, will you be willing to take a stand? Will you be willing to step up and step in? We have an event in the month of March called the Strong Family Conference. And if I can just talk to the parents tonight. I want each one of you there. If you are a parent, a step-parent, a guardian, maybe even a grandparent, and you're raising students or kids, we want you here. In fact, if you are a single parent, we have created a rate just for you because we value you and we want you here. We want to impart and deposit in your heart something that's going to make a difference in your family. This one moment will impact every other moment in your family this next year. 
We want to equip you with practical skills that are going to make your parenting even better. And we want to empower you. We want to deputize you as the spiritual leaders of your home. We want you to come. And I, would want, I want to challenge every parent. I want you to pull out your cell phone and I want you to text the keyword. I want you to text the words level up to the number that's on your screen. Text the words level up on your screen. You will get more information about how you can register. And students, students, I know you guys are tech savvy. We want your parents here. And I want to just invite you to go ahead and text level up to this number as well so that you can share it with your parents and say, mom and dad, we need to be here. Our students need us to show up. They are hungry. They are yearning. Did you, did you see them at the altar during worship? They are yearning. They're yearning for the Lord. And God is saying, parents, will you step in? Will you lead them? Will you lead them in the way of the Lord? That's God's desire for us. And so if you're here, we want you at this conference because we want to invest in you. We want to equip you to win. And as we close, I want to invite you to stand with me. And I want to pray for every, every family here. Pray for every couple and every family that God would allow you to see what he is now showing you and I. There's something that he wants to do in our experience. Dear Lord, we come to you with a deep desire in our hearts to be families that are stronger, families that are pursuing you. And I pray, Lord, that you would just empower the parents who are here tonight to catch a vision for what you are now showing the kinds of parents that you yearn for us to be. And for those of us who are are married, the kind of couple that you yearn for us to be. Lord, as we step into 2018, you have issued a call to us to be stronger families. And we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Our students need you. Our kids need you. Empower us to lead them in the way that they should go. God, I just pray that you'd pour out your blessing on every family represented here, every parent, every couple, everyone represented here. God, we need you, and we entrust this to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. We are so delighted that you're here. Remember, we don't have service next week. We want you to spend time with your family. We want you to connect as a family. We will have services the weekend of the 23rd and the 24th. We hope to see you here. God bless you, and we are dismissed.